1: Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Void Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News, and great to be joined now by our friend and colleague Doug Wilkes, editor of the Deseret News, or King of News Guy, as we like to call him upstairs. He doesn't like that, but we call him that anyway because uh, he is the man of the news. Uh, Doug, thanks for joining us today. Uh, obviously, a, uh, a crazy weekend. Uh, from a, a news and journalism standpoint, and I, I wanted uh, to get you in today to to just help our listeners a little bit uh, see what's going on behind the scenes. I, I, a lot of us watched and, and read and were online over the weekend, and you see all the, the chaos and commotion. Uh, start by just giving us a little sense in terms of what goes on in the newsroom in in this kind of situation.
0: You know, we prepare for... Difficult situations. uh, This is a unique situation because uh, journalists understand protecting themselves during uh, violence or a riot or a raging forest fire. You're used to that. But what about in a situation where an event like that is occurring? Mm. You have a responsibility, a public responsibility to record it honestly and fairly. And yet you're also at personal risk because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. Mm -hmm. And our photographers particularly have been so diligent and engaged for months uh, recording from the Navajo um, reservation uh, throughout the testing sites to personal stories uh, to social distancing inside apartments. But here to do that where really all of that went out the window from the public standpoint during that uh, protest, and it has across the country Um, We're very concerned about our reporters and photographers, but they did an outstanding job.
1: Yeah, it it really is fascinating because everyone sort of stopped and and all of the things that we've been talking about in terms of the uh, the pandemic and and COVID-19 and social distancing, uh, suddenly those things just kind of fly away uh, while you're trying to get to the important thing in terms, as you said, getting to the news, what's the truth. Uh, and, And so as you were trying to navigate that over the weekend, uh, what were what were some of the things that started to emerge? What were some of the, what were some of the conversations as you were watching this play out and knowing you needed to report and get to the truth?
0: Well, there was great conversations happening both internally with the journalists of what they were looking for, what they were trying to report, and also with the public. Um, you know, on uh, Sunday I had um, uh, interactions where we had some complaint about a social media post of a single photo or or four photos. And then the public questions, well, why those photos? Are you trying to make a statement about something, whether it's a picture of a a white protester or a black protester or someone who may not be a protester at all? Mm. And uh, again, we have uh, many stories and many photographs, uh, a lot of commentary from very intelligent people, um, both black and white. Um, And the totality of that is really trying to give a strong view of what's happening now, um, but some people might engage with one photo and one article, and it's important for us to understand that, to listen to that, and see if we can do a better job because we don't we don't have an agenda other than. Uh, to help lift the community, build the community and provide the information so people can have the important conversations and make changes where they need to be.
1: Yeah, I think that's so fascinating because the uh, one of the things that I noticed over the weekend and even today uh, a lot of people are you know really harsh on this issue or that. some might criticize a photo might criticize you know someone's commentary or reporting uh, and then there's there's also this very human element. Uh, that we all have. Uh, we, we talk about, uh, you know, what lens are we looking at it through? Uh, and so some will say, well, the national media is looking through this lens and, you know, they're making money and they're about division and so on. Locals a little different, so people are looking at that. Uh, and the question that I kept coming back to is, we all have a lens that we look through. And I think particularly coming to these kinds of issues, uh, I think we all have to ask, is my lens dirty, <laughs> cracked, broken, or blocked? Uh, And and you get to see how that plays out and how people uh, navigate that individually, how our leaders do it, uh, how our government does it. Uh, Any other observations there?
0: Well, I I love that because we each do have a lens. And uh, in my conversations, and I had a lot of conversations uh, with the public this weekend um, from both friends, acquaintances, and others, and they tend to start in a different place, right, from their lens. Like, you know, well, historically, this has happened. Or other countries have it worse than our country. Right. Or, you know, but if you if you really do it that way, you're not listening. Yeah. I mean, the basic issue is, is there racism in America? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Okay, what's my responsibility now to help correct that? Yeah. And what does that look like? So rather than list reasons why something might not make sense to you, take a step back and go, what do I need to learn? What do I need to do? And and one of our goals, particularly on the opinion section, which you, you head up, is can we provide enough context and commentary to let you uh, lift yourself? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Great, great insight, Doug. Appreciate that. I want to shift gears a little bit now uh, with all of this as a background. Uh, we are in the, the midst of political season, 29 days until the uh, primary, a lot of contested races. Uh, you sit on the debate commission uh, today, starting in uh half hour uh, debate season will officially kick off. Uh, so with, COVID-19, we thought that would sort of be the background and the dominating force in the debates. Uh, now we have a whole new set of things to navigate. Uh, what are you anticipating from the debate commission in the debates, particularly as we look at the governor's race?
0: Well, you're right. The fourth district debate happens at noon, the first district at three o'clock, and the governor's race at six o'clock. Um, I think the whole issue is going to center on leadership. Who can be the best leader for, for Utah, uh, particularly with the governor's race, Um leading through a pandemic, leading through uh, systemic change. Uh, Utah is a a state with great growth. Um, It doesn't just have great potential. It's rising now. So how do you maintain that? How do you capture that? How do you have a vision for the future? I think everything circles under leadership, and I think the candidates know that, and the questions will focus on that.
1: That's going to be a fascinating thing. And uh, just a reminder to everyone, we will have a special one hour uh, inside editions at uh, seven o'clock tonight following the debates. We'll break it down, uh, see what happens, what emerges. It's a very tight race. We know we've got some polling coming out from the Deseret News and Hinckley Institute of Politics and our good friend Scott Rasmussen. Uh, any, anything you want to give us a peek on
0: there? Well, they are fascinating results. Uh, uh, later this evening, we'll publish some of those results, and I think people will uh, might be a little surprised on what's going on in the governor's race. So, yeah, we'll tease that ahead and, and, and look for that. And we have polling on all the races this week, which will uh, reveal and allow people to help frame the race a little bit. Yeah,
1: very good. Uh, just about a minute left, Doug, and I just wanted to give you one uh, last word uh, I, you are the journalist, journalist. In in my view, no one asks a better question. No one's a better editor. Yeah, you're too uh, flattering to me, boy. Just. <laughs>
0: and and that
1: that just proves my point one step further. I get up in the morning. I go to bed at night, and whatever happens in between. Well. Uh, yeah, well, give us a give us a little reflection, uh, because you often don't get to do that in the heat of these kinds of experiences. Uh, give us just a, a a quick reflection from the weekend.
0: Well. Um, on the one hand, it's um, it's upsetting that the nation is still in this place. Mm-hmm. And uh, just personally, my wife, Christiana, and I were discussing uh, why we're in this place, and it was upsetting to her. Mm-hmm. Um, why can't we listen? Why can't we affect some kind of change? Yeah. And it starts from a perspective that you have to understand. Uh, it's almost a religious perspective. Yeah. If you can agree that you're all sort of children of God, and and I believe that. If you start with that place, then you can treat each other as a brother and sister. Now, that's not a very journalism answer, but it's the starting place, caring about others, showing empathy. So if we can increase our empathy, we can increase our performance.
1: Fantastic. Doug Wilkes, editor of the Deseret News, thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. We're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, some folks you wouldn't expect who became part of the solution... Stay with us on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story.
0: Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by
1: violence. The letter is a podcast about how lives are remade